from the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's time for the Indy Lights, presented by Cooper Tires on Sirius XM IndyCar Nation. Oh, indeed. Live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it is round number five of the 2021 Indy Lights Championship, presented by Cooper Tires. My name is Nick Yeoman. Thanks for joining us on a full Friday uh, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This is IndyCar Radio, and we are set to go racing for 30 laps around the road course at IMS. This is the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Indianapolis, presented by Cooper Tires. Driver analyst Davey Hamilton joins us. Davey, we watched a, a very interesting qualifying session this morning. The entire field separated by just about one second. Seems like we're in store for a pretty good race today. We are, and what what Indy Lights has produced for us this year is this pole center seems to take off, you know, but from second and third on back, man, it's been a tight battle. I mean, these guys tooth and nail. Um, some aggressive driving. We've seen the very first race, a little bit of aggressive driving, but, uh, boy, they've been putting on a good race, and it shows how competitive these cars are. The one good thing about having a spec tire, a spec car, and a spec engine for all these guys, it really makes it, it makes it super competitive. After qualifying, two of our three pit reporters caught up with some of these drivers. It was Rob Houghton, but first, Rob Blackman catching up with Toby Sowery after his second place qualifying run. Toby Sowery joining me. He will start second P2 when we get this thing going later on the this afternoon from Hunkos Racing. Toby Sowery, 115.22, but good enough for P2. Talk, talk to me about uh, the qualifying session here this morning. How you saw it from your perspective? Uh, not quite good enough. P2 instead of P1, but, you know, it's a tough grid and the time's always so close here, so it's always about maximizing every little every little piece of the car, my driving, so I don't know how far we're off P1, but we know it was close. It's going to be close in the race, um, but a front row start for the race is always going to be a positive. First two races of the season at Barber, you finished fourth in both races, not nearly as fast obviously at St. Pete, how how good does it feel to maybe get things turned around and back in the right direction here in Indianapolis? Uh, that's half a racing, right, you know, you don't always have perfect weekends, so it's how you bounce back um, and how well you bounce back, so the team have done a great job getting the car back in, into where it should be um, you know, for me, I always go out and drive as fast as I can, so I work with the team well for that um, and yeah, it's, you know, we're back where we should be Congrats, we'll see you this afternoon Thank you very much. Rob Howden Thank you, Rob Black. We're standing by now here with Linus Lundquist. Linus, there are going to be tracks that you go to this year where you've never been to, right? You think you're going to be potentially at a disadvantage. You come here. You've never raced here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. P1 in qualifying for race one. That's got to be a huge uh, a huge program for you. I mean, yeah, like I say, first time being here. Uh, obviously, it's going to take a while before you get used to the track, but I got a feeling from lap one that this was this was a fun circuit. Uh, and got to say a big ups to my team. You know, they gave me a great car since day one. So, you know, we've just been fine-tuning in and trying to get it right in qualifying. We knew that it was going to be tight, but super happy to uh, to get this pole position. And got to say as well, a massive thank you to uh, to my team, my sponsor, Honda HPD, uh, for making it possible for me to stand here today. Can you tell us a little bit how the track changed from yesterday to today, practice here to qualifying? I think the biggest thing was the temperature. Obviously, racing so early in the morning, it was super cold compared to yesterday. So how the tires came in, where the window was, was very different. So... We tuned a little bit to the car, but I think we, we got there in the end. But we also knew that it was going to be so tight in quality because around here, everybody's within, you know, a couple of couple of tens, a couple of hundreds. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was just about having that margin on your side, which we had today. Hey, nicely done. Good luck this afternoon. Thank you very much. Nick Yeoman, there he is. Linus Lundquist going to be starting on the pole position for race one of Indy Lights here at in Indianapolis. So it's Linus Lundquist and Toby 
Sari on your front row. Starting in third will be our uh, points leader, David Malukas, in car 79 for the HMD Motorsports team. Kyle Kirkwood for Andretti Autosport starts in fourth. Alex Peroni for Carlin Racing. Roll lineup in the fifth position. Then it's Daniel Frost in sixth. Frost has been awful fast in practice so far this weekend. In row number four, Devlin DeFrancesco and Stingray Rob will line up side by side. In row number five, Benjamin Pedersen and Robert McGinnis, a former winner here on the road course in Indianapolis. In row number six, Nikita Lashishkin, the rookie from Russia, alongside Antonio Saravale. And then it's Christian Bogle for Carlin Racing, rounding out the 13-car field. Well, again, this is a 14-turn road course through the infield of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It uses both the infield portions of the road course as well as the famed two-and-a-half-mile oval. The road course, 2.4 miles in length. We've got three pretty good ones out on the racetrack to help describe the action. He's down there with all of his fans, their race fans, but they're down there with Michael Young. Good afternoon, Michael, in turn one. Good afternoon, Nick. They're race fans, certainly not my fans but I'll give them credit. They are race fans, and they are out here in droves enjoying the afternoon as Penske Entertainment have opened this facility to race fans to celebrate this month of speed here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I'm perched in turn four, basically the spot where Chris Denary will call the Indianapolis 500, but I get to call turn number one. The field will streak down that front straightaway. They will break and make that right-hander into turn number one. It is a 45-degree turn. Then they will go to the left-hander, a sweeping 90-degree turn number Number two, then into turn number three and four. And then a quick switchback. The key turn is turn number four. They need to get a good launch off of turn number four, which is a slow turn. They'll get that switchback into turns five and six and carry that speed down Holman Boulevard. It was beautiful and sunny a moment ago. Those puffy clouds have now made way for bigger clouds who have blocked most of the sun from this beautiful 14-turn course. It has made it a little chilly, but not complaining because it is still a beautiful afternoon. In any case, when the car make their way out of turn number six. They will come into the view of a young man on top of the pagoda. He's got a view of the world. Mark Jades, good afternoon, sir. Yeah, thank you, Michael. It's awesome up here for sure. Uh, this massive pagoda it keeps eye over this equally massive infield and the infield portion of this race course, and we're happy to be able to call one of the fastest portions of this course. It's Holman Boulevard, which they will head south and uh, really gain a lot of speed. Then it's time to woe it up for a left-hander. And then a series of switchback turns, almost like an S, if you will. A couple of, it's a right-hander and then a left-hander, a little short straightaway, and then a sweeping right-handed turn and another short straightaway. Again, not only is this fast, but once you clear the fast portion, it becomes a very technical portion of the race course. And when they clear our view, I think I could barely make him out atop the uh, southeast vista in turn number Number two, calling him off the road course and into the south end of the Oval. We welcome in Jake Query. Thank you so much, Mark. It is great to be here at the southeast vista of this famed facility where I sit right now and across the way I can see the pagoda where you are perched along with the white puppy clouds in the sky. The sun starting to peek out on this, the southeast corner of this racetrack. Now, as you had mentioned, when they work their way into my view, that means they are taking a right-handed turn number 10. And when they do so, they will see in front of them what typically is turn two of the oval of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and they will slowly work their way into that short shoot of the oval between turns one and two. And in doing so, that encompasses a right-handed sweep that is technically turn number 11. But it's not long that you're on the oval because you've got a right-handed turn number 12. That is an area where you have to be pretty meticulous because there is a runoff area should you miss it, but it can be a tight corner. You can perhaps make a pass setting up for that, but you don't have 
long. You take that right-handed turn number 12, and then they have the decision to make. A left-handed turn 13, or if they so choose, they can go onto pit road. Nick Yeoman, once they leave turn 13, they set up for another right-hander, and then they go right back onto the main straightaway and into your view. Yep, it's a quick right-hander that leads on to the front stretch of the famed Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where when they roar by the famous scoring pylon, it'll be to driver's right, with, of course, the flag stand to driver's left. So different than what uh, we've seen for 100-plus years of racing here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Just moments away from the engines firing. Davey, our, our three turn announcers described the track that they see. What's a spot on this uh, facility that you're keeping an eye on that could be a hot spot, not just for the lights drivers, but throughout the course of the weekend when we go IndyCar racing tomorrow? Well, I, I think the spots you really have to look at is make sure you come off a of turn 14 good, get a, long, a good run on that front straightaway, and it's going to be battled down in turn one. It's a good braking zone, it's a good passing zone. Um, then, you know, going down into seven, I think, is another really good spot to to overtake. But the great thing with this racetrack, I think we're going to see guys passing in places that you don't think that you could do it. We've seen, you know, in the S's it could happen. It could happen down in, in, in turn 11 and 12 area. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see who could take advantage of what part of the racetrack to, to gain spaces. Now, get, coming off turn 14 isn't that easy. It's a, it's a long corner, long, gradual corner. It seems like you should be able to be flat out through there, but you just can't, and the car really hangs out there, so you lose momentum on that front straightaway. You can lose a lot of time. Of course, no live pit stops in Indy Lights, but uh, when these cars collide, and sometimes they do, we've got pit reporters down on pit lane, three good ones to help us cover the action. Uh, we always like to focus in on a driver or two there, keeping our eye on. Let's start with Kurt Darling right here from Indianapolis. Kurt, who are you watching today for this Indy Lights race number one? Well, there's a lot of drivers to choose from here, obviously, with the field being within a second of each other when they've been qualifying. But I have my eye on the pole sitter, sitter Linus Lundquist. Of course, he has got his second pull of the season. This is the third time he'll be starting on the front row this season long. He also has a win earlier this year at Barber. But he's also three points behind the points leader in David Malukas. And so he's definitely going to be looking for a win today. And the pole position has definitely been friendly here on this road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You can hear those engines fire behind. Kurt and joining him down on pit lane, the voice of Purdue basketball on radio. It's Rob Blackman. Rob, who are you keeping an eye on today for the City Lights Grand Prix? Well, Nick Yeoman, I am awfully partial to Kyle Kirkwood, the rookie from Jupiter, Florida, coming into this weekend third in the standings through four races in Indy Lights. He was fourth fastest in qualifying earlier today, but what I really like about Kyle is he is coming in to Indianapolis red hot. The last two races on the circuit in St. Peter. Petersburg. Kyle Kirkwood winning race number one, finishing second in race number two, driving that number 28 Andretti Autosport machine. So he's coming in, uh, let's say, hot. And I think he's going to stay hot this weekend, starting right here this afternoon at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I like Kyle Kirkwood. Kirkwood, one of those guys that uh, has a lot of wins up and down the road to Indy ladder system. He's going to be strong and a tough guy to beat today. He's going to have to come from the fourth position. Final man on pit lane. He is the road to Indy insider, Rob Howden. Good afternoon. I know you're fired up for this race today. Yeah, Nick, uh, great to hear your voice and everybody here on the 
IndyCar Radio Network. Watching all the guys as they rolled by me here, I wanted to see if anybody electing to put fresh tires on for this race. As we know, unlike USF 2000 and Indy Pro, one practice, two qualifyings, and two races. Only four sets of tires for the drivers here in Indy Lights. No one electing to go out on fresh tires, so everybody on the tires they qualified on. We'll see how that plays out for the rest of the weekend, but I like uh, Linus Lundquist. I know that some guys are looking at uh, Kyle Kirkwood, as Rob Blackman said, but Linus Lundquist seems to me like he's trying to prove something here. He came in as a bit of an unknown at the start of the season, but I think we all know he's the primary championship contender right now. Rob, so that's interesting. So you're saying that uh, now heading into tomorrow, all teams will have three sets of new scooper tires? Well, I would have think a couple of guys probably did uh, two sets of, of tires, started off the start of qualifying with a fresh set as well. I don't think that any drivers, I don't think they were allowed to use the carryover set from St. Petersburg at the start of qualifying, so they probably use two sets in the opening qualifying session, and then we'll use one set and potentially tomorrow as well. Gotcha. No doubt about it. Uh, it is a full weekend of racing. Of course, this is race number one. It's a double header, which is the case uh, for most Indy Lights race weekends. We'll go qualifying tomorrow, race two tomorrow afternoon to get you ready for the IndyCar GMR Grand Prix live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And Davey, of course, as Rob kind of talked about, as the drivers are out on the field or out on the track making the first two pace laps, tire management always key, not just for teams managing how they use those, but now it's the, the work is in the driver's hands of managing those tires. For yeah, laps. and that's one great thing. Well, you know, the, the no pit stops, so you have to take care of those tires. So you could be fast early on, on fresh tires, but you need to make sure that they don't fall way off at the end and, and you lose ground. We've seen that happen many times. And, and the, good, the good thing for these guys, they need to learn how to manage tires. It'd be like a pit stop length race in, or a stint in an IndyCar. The downside is they don't get to practice pit stops, so when they come in an IndyCar series, the pit stops uh, is, is their first time, but this this keeps the cost way down, not having to do pit stops, and I think it's a great idea. Cooper does a, has a really, really good tire. It falls off properly like it should to where you, it pays off to take care of your tires. Field is on the front stretch. A lot of swerving back and forth to get some heat in those Cooper tires, and Michael Young, as the pace car comes by you, we've been given the one to go. Oh, Linus Lundquist was really giving it the little gas, trying to get some heat. Nearly had that back end step out on him as he entered turn number one. Toby Sowery, now it's David Malukas, Kyle Kirkwood. The field really strung out, but we still have some time to get them lined up as the pace car starts to make its way out of turn number four and now hits the switchback of turns five and six. The remainder of the field still not entering turn number one. We see the 27 of Robert McGinnis now making his way to the turn one area. Lostishkin, Saravalli, and and Christian Noble, they will round out the field. But Mark James, they got a long way to go if we're going to get this started two by two. Yeah, I'm sure race control strongly encouraging the rear of the field to get caught up. And they'll do just that as they start to make their way around home and Boulevard. But uh, once they clear seven, eight, nine, and a little short straightaway before they get back into the south into the oval, that's usually, for lack of a better term, the formation lap when you start to see the familiar rows of two before we get ready to go racing. Lundquist, Sowry, Malukas, Kirkwood, they're starting to give the idea that they're getting into formation. How about now in front of you, Jay Query? They are bunching up a little bit, but it's interesting because coming off of turn number 10, now as Linus Lundquist does this, that's kind of where everybody, about midway through 10 and 11, check up just a little bit and start to accelerate, like Michael mentioned, to put heat in. Now everybody's starting to finally get into line here, and it won't be long before we're racing here. The Indy Lights are the 
road course, Nick, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. 30 laps around the famed Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course to kick off the month of May, the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Indianapolis, presented by Cooper Tires. Thank you so much for joining us on IndyCar Radio. As Jake mentioned, the field making their way through turns 13 and 14, the final couple corners before they kind of crest back onto the oval into the canyon of bleachers to either side. And the good news is there are race fans here at Indy to watch. Out of the final corner, Linus Lundquist and Toby Sowery on the front row. They'll bring them down awful slow, waiting to see the green flag from the uh, from the flagman. He'll wave it, and what a jump for our pole sitter, Linus Lundquist. Sowery quickly jumps in line as the field roars to turn one. Now we'll have one driver pop to the outside, and that is the machine of Daniel Frost. They're three wide back for third place, beaten and banged, but it's Linus Lundquist that will lead out of turn number one. Right behind him, the machine of Toby Sowery. A good start for Toby Sowery. That's David Malukas now starting to work on the rear wing of Toby Sowery. That will be the battle for second position, but it's Linus Lundquist out of turn number six with the lead. Uh, no challenge for Lundquist as they come back onto that boulevard, and Toby Sowery is tucked right there along with David Malukas. The front two starting to step out a little bit as they come down home and boulevard for the first time. They point it south, now turn it to the left. Lundquist with about a half a car length advantage now. They switch it back to the right through turn number eight, back to the left through turn number nine. Now a tight right-hander and a little short straightaway before they head to the south end. It looked like Sowery was going to close in on Lundquist through turn number eight, but now all of a sudden it's David Malukas who is pushing Toby Sowery in the battle for second. Everybody now single file. The leader is Lundquist by three car lengths, then Toby Sowery through turn number 12, and then right behind him is David Malukas. Look like a little bit of wheel banging at mid-pack between Stingray Rob and Robert McGinnis, but up front it is Linus Lundquist out of turn 14, back out of the front straightaway to lead lap number one. His advantage over Toby Sowery is six car lengths. And the sun is out and it is shining on Linus Lundquist. The three car length advantage. Toby Sowery will now pop to the inside. That will allow the outside line for David Malukas. Further back, Daniel Frost will go deep into turn number one, trying to get around Peroni. He'll lose that position back to Daniel Frost. Frost all kinds of wiggling through turn number three right now. Back up to the front. Linus Lundquist, a four car length advantage. But now the big attack. David Malukas trying to pass Toby Sowery. Malukas looks strong as they exit the north end of the course. He goes to the inside and Toby Sowery shuts the door. Now he goes to the outside. He pulls even with him, but that's not the fast way around that corner. He'll pull the crossover move. They might have touched wheels, but he'll have to tuck back into line. David Malukas, he wants that second position now off of turn number nine. He is coming on Toby Sowery really hard because he is working now about two car lengths behind him. It looked like Malukas was going to make that move into turn number 10. Sowery was able to hold him off. Lindquist is happy with those two battling behind him. Toby Sowery holds off David Malukas as they run one, two, three. Yeah, there's no doubt that's exactly what Linus Lundquist wants to see here on lap number two of 30 as he stretches the lead out. It was one second at the line. This time across the start finish line. It'll stay at about six or seven car lengths, but Michael, that battle for second continues to be a good one. Toby Sowery, David Malukas headed to turn one. Malukas, a two-time winner in this 2021 campaign, but is not able to get onto that rear wing of Toby Sowery. So it's Linus Lundquist, Toby Sowery, then it's the machine of David Malukas. Further back and forth, it's Kyle Kirkwood, then Alex Peroni in that fifth position. Now again, they make their way through the switchback. Lundquist by about seven car legs, and then Toby Sowery once again, David Malukas trying to close that gap. Fourth place running Kyle Kirkwood in 
danger of losing the draft. Here comes David Malukas on the assault again, this time to the high side. We'll see if he can make that crossover move work. He'll pull it off again, but it looks like Salary's going to slam the door. They're side by side in the exit of turn number seven. Now they'll go nose to tail to the right-hander, which is turn number ten. They literally look like they're side by side all the way into my view until finally the colors come into form and Toby Salary is able to hold off David Malukas by just a bit. They work their way now in through turn number 12. Linus Lundquist, though, is the leader into turn number 13. And at the rear of the field, Nikita Lashishkin cut a little grass out of turn number 7. The battle for second continues to be a good one as they make their way back out of the front straightaway to complete lap number 3. Let's go to pit lane and check in with Rob Howe. Yeah, Nick, just a really quick insight onto these two guys battling for second, David Malukas and Toby Sowery. They've been teammates for two years. Back in 2018, they both ran Indy Pro 2000s. There's a move to the inside. Uh, Mike, I'll let Michael Young, I'll let you call that. It's a great, it was a great pass by David Malukas. He got to the inside of Toby Sowery, and I will tell you, Rob, he did a magnificent job outbreaking Sowery into turn number one. Now Davis Malukas tries to set his sights on Linus Lundquist, but Mark James, Linus Lundquist has about a second advantage. He has uh, the, the advantage starts to open up for Lundquist mightily after that slicing and dicing. So uh, move David Malukas to that second position in the field really starts to accordion up behind him as they exit turn number nine. Mark, the thing that gets interesting, and we saw this in St. Petersburg, for example, and that is that everybody pushes pretty hard to try to establish position early in these races. Then it kind of becomes maybe a tire preservation, and then you push late. We'll see what that means for Linus Lundquist as he tries to put the field in his mirrors. David David Malukas, did he use up too much rubber to get around Toby's salary, and will it play a factor in the end? We have about 25 laps before we'll know exactly that, but it could be for a good shoot-up late in this race. He was certainly hustling that car. Rob, want to go back to you on pit lane to clean up uh, that report that you had about these two drivers that are have quickly become the veterans of Indy Lights. Yeah, the interesting deal there. Obviously, David knew I was going to start talking about a perfect timing for Malukas. They came in kind of together in the uh, Indy Pro 2000 category a couple of years ago. Uh, Toby Sauer was actually racing with David at the BN Racing Team. And in fact, it's almost a teacher and the student kind of thing. Toby Sowery took David under his wing that first year when they ran in Indy Lights and really kind of took care of that young driver from Illinois. So the teacher was holding back the student, the student able to slide through. Obviously a big season last year for Malukas. He was able to run in a different program, was in an open-wheel car all year. Toby Sowery was, and he's trying to get back at it here with Hunkos. But those two guys know each other extremely well, having raced two seasons together here on the road to Indy. Working lap number four here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Four of 30 in Davy Hamilton. I mean, this this one kind of played out like you expected. Watch <laughs> I, out for Lundquist. If the guys from second on back get to battle, and he's a guy that we've seen already this year, you don't want to give him a lot of clean air because he will check out. This race looks just like the previous races that we've had. For whatever reason, it's the pole sitter can check out, seems to. But man, second and third, fourth, fifth, all the way back to the, the, the last car in 13th. There's such a great battle. Right now, a lot of them knows to tell. They made some early moves. Moves. I do think it's tire uh, preservation right now, just to make sure they don't tear those tires up. Made some good, a lot of guys made some good moves. And I, by the way, hats off! What a great start. They went through their two, three wide. They were, they were, they gave each other some more room, and there was very competitive. Guys were sliding around, but no incident. So it was a good job on all these young kids. Yeah, our turn announcers have uh, caught a lot of good action, and it's been close, near misses, but good, clean racing. As we start lap number five, it is Linus Lundquist, your race leader. He's got a two point three second advantage over David Malukas who uh, worked over Toby Sowery for a couple laps and 
finally picked him off to move into the second position. Malukas comes into this weekend as the points leader, uh, so that was a big pass to continue to score some points and move up a couple more spots. Toby Sowery runs in third. Then it's Kyle Kirkwood who is in fourth, about one second behind Sowery. Alex Peroni runs in the fifth position. Daniel Frost is in sixth. Then it's Devlin DeFrancesco who runs in the seventh spot. Robert McGinnis is eighth. Stingray Rob is ninth. Christian Bogle is tenth. Benjamin Pedersen runs in eleventh. Antonio Saravalli runs in twelfth. All of those drivers within 11.5 seconds right now. And then, uh, again, the issue for Nikita Lashishkin, he runs back in the 13th position as they head through turns 13 and 14 and back onto the front straightaway. We want to pick up a pretty good battle between a pair of Andretti teammates. It's that bright yellow car for the Andretti Steinbrenner crew. That is uh, driven by Devlin DeFrancesco, but Robert McGinnis right there in the tire tracks, Michael. This is a battle for the seventh spot. Robert McGinnis wants that seventh spot. DeFrancesco takes him all the way down to the white line. That makes Robert McGinnis go to the outside, and DeFrancesco nearly forces McGinnis into the rumble strips and into the grass, so Robert McGinnis will check up ever so slightly. That'll allow DeFrancesco to check out by about two car lengths as DeFrancesco now exits turn number four through the switchback. He has about a three-car length advantage, but McGinnis tried to close that back up. Yeah, McGinnis doing all he can to close it back up. He really closed through two and three, and DeFrancesco shut the door on him, and McGinnis is going to break just a little bit later into the left-hander. He's going to tuck right in behind him now as they sweep it back to the right side. Again, Robert McGinnis working on Devlin DeFrancesco at the exit of turn number nine. Battle for the seventh position. DeFrancesco, the Canadian, has it. Robert McGinnis, the New Yorker, would like to get it. But DeFrancesco finds himself a little bit faster in the exit of turn number 11, but he's got to slow it up into turn number 12. Allows McGinnis to close up on the rear wing. But once again, exiting now as they work their way through turn 13. It's the exit of the turn where DeFrancesco gets himself some breathing room. So important to get a nice run out of turn 14. It looks like, Davey, that Devlin DeFrancesco is going to do enough on this lap to hold off Robert McGinnis. That was a spirited challenge, though, down into turn one a lap. Yeah, it sure was, and we've seen how, how that draft worked down the front straightaway. McGinnis was able to get close enough to really take advantage of that draft, gained a lot of space, but they both decided to shoot to the inside about the same time. One to defend, one to try to be offensive. Just happens the timing was the same on both those, so really wasn't per se a block intentionally, but then uh, McGinnis tried that outside move, just not enough room, almost went in the grass, but that is a heated battle right now. It is uh, lap 7 of 30 here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Linus Lundquist is your race leader. His advantage staying stable at about 2.1 seconds over David Malukas. Malukas has put a little bit of breathing room between himself and third place running Toby Sowery. Sowery's got about 1.3 seconds over Kyle Kirkwood, and then honestly, the battle for fourth what did look like it was picking up a little bit is Kirkwood being challenged by Alex Peroni. They were separated by just about three or four car lengths. That's how they run in the top five. Out of turn 14, it is Linus Lundquist back out of the front straightaway. A black and orange car, car 26. He took it to victory lane at Barber Motorsports Park to kick off the season. His advantage, again, two seconds. Let's look at that battle for fourth, though, Michael Young. Kyle Kirkwood, Indy Pro 2000 champion, heading to turn number one. You called it a couple of laps ago. I really thought Alex Peroni was going to be able to close in and at least make an attempt to get around Kyle Kirkwood. And then-
end. Kirkwood thought better of it and has now gapped that further down. Oh, we have a spin at turn number one. That's Christian Noble. He was trying to get to the inside of Stingray Rob, was unable to do so. He will loop it around but be able to regain composure of that car. Meanwhile, back to the front, that battle for fourth still, or I should say third, still moves it forward. I thought Kyle Kirkwood was going to challenge for position, but that has not materialized. However, he does have a bit of breathing room now over Alex Peroni. Peroni tries to pull up on him by breaking a little later into the left-hander off of Holman Boulevard, but they're still single file with about a four-car length separation. This time by, it's when they exit turn number 10 that things kind of settle out because between 10 and 11, there's not real opportunity to go side by side. That's exactly what happens this time by. The leader, Linus Lundquist, is already making his way down onto the straightaway. Davey, you just saw a replay. It was a battle for, let's see, it was the ninth position. Stingray Rob was being chased down by Christian Bogle there in the tournament. Yeah, just Bogle didn't just have enough room. He tried to shoot to the inside of Stingray Rob. Didn't have that spot. It was his bare up on his right rear corner and when uh, Stingray turned in, it just left him no room. Had to get on those brakes super hard, turn the back of the car around. Fortunately, didn't hit uh, Rob or hurt his car at all uh, by getting off course. So, took off again. He's back on course. But instead of gaining one spot, he lost three. Yeah, and uh, and thankfully, he stays ahead of Nikita Lasterskin. But uh, for drivers like Bogle and Lasterskin, they're going to be needing a, uh, a yellow flag, some sort of caution to re-bunch the field up if they want a chance uh, to contend and get inside the top ten. We are working lap number nine. The lead is Linus Lundquist. The leader, I should say, his advantage is 2.4 seconds over David Malukas. Malukas runs in that second spot. His advantage over Toby Sowery, who runs third, is 3.6 seconds. Is right now, things looking pretty stable as everyone's separated by about one to two seconds. Kyle Kirkwood continues to try to hold off Alex Peroni. That's a pretty good battle for fourth. It's about eight-tenths of a second the advantage again full field rundown Lundquist Malukas Sowry Kirkwood and Peroni your top five it is Daniel Frost in sixth Devlin DeFrancesco in seventh Robert McGinnis is eighth Stingray Rob is ninth Benjamin Pedersen runs tenth Antonio Cervalli is in the eleventh position then the two drivers that have had issues today uh, no damage to either car but have lost all sorts of track position Christian Bogle who just had a spin for Carlin Racing he runs in twelfth and Nikita Lashishkin who uh, went off into the grass in turn seven very early in this race is running in the 13th position. Well, we've reached the one-third mark of this race. I'd like to welcome in a young man who's uh, spent plenty of time racing in the Indy Light Series and was good to have him uh, going to make an attempt at the Indianapolis 500. R.C. Anderson joins us here in the IndyCar radio booth. R.C., first of all, good to see you, my friend. I know you're no stranger to this radio booth. How have things been as of lately? Uh, it's been really good. I mean, we've been trying to put an IndyCar deal together for a while. I love coming up and commentating on the on the lights races. It's a uh... I had a fun time my year and a half in that, and uh, it gained a lot of experience for going forward. So let's get this straight. Top Gun Racing, correct? Yep. Where did the name for this team come from? Because I think when it was kind of announced and, and leaked out there, a lot of people were like, man, that's a cool race team name. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. It's obviously it wasn't my decision to name the team, but uh, we are the the team owners, Bill and Stephanie uh, Throckmorton and everybody, they, they decided on the team name, and they've been trying to put this deal together for a while. We've been talking to them since I think it was PRI of 2019, so it's it's been a long road. Uh, and, I mean, that's kind of how it goes, isn't it? I mean, you got to keep those connections. Uh, how did this come together? How did you meet them? And then why did they decide, hey, now's the time to go IndyCar racing and try something? Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they're the, they run the Grant King shop, and uh, they have a huge history in racing. And uh, I actually met them through Don Kay. 
and uh, was brought up and went to go meet them and they they, they enjoyed uh, the conversation we had and they decided that they wanted me to to be the driver so we've uh, been moving forward on that. R.C. Anderson joins us. He will uh, make an attempt for his first Indianapolis 500. Davey, we just saw a replay. Uh, Alex Peroni was having a pretty good uh, top five run going there until they, all sorts of things went wrong at the uh, south end of the speedway. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if he gained or lost spots on that because he cut a lot of racetrack off. Uh, <laughs> uh, usually you get right back on when you when you miss that corner. There's a little runoff, and then you get back on to the racetrack. He, he chose not to take that and went across. It came out really on the entry of turn 14, the final corner coming on the front straightaway. As I said, I don't know if he gained or lost spots on that, but... Uh, you surely can't gain him doing that, so we'll have to see. Yeah, Peroni uh, lost a host of track position. Not sure he lost uh, a lot of spots. He might have just only lost one spot to Daniel Frost as he quickly got back out on the racetrack, and he's running right now in the sixth position ahead of Devlin DeFrancesco. So might not have been as, uh, as big of a loss as we thought here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with 18 laps to go. As I mentioned, R.C. Anderson joins us here in the IndyCar radio booth. He'll be attempting to make his first Indianapolis 500. All right, what are you looking forward to most with this rookie experience. I mean, I know it's daunting for anyone trying to make their first Indy 500, but uh, I would imagine the excitement level for Tuesday has got to be pretty high. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it took a while to get the get the deal done. I mean, obviously, we got a car pretty late. Everything's brand new, so Roy Roy Wilkerson and uh, Bridget putting the car together in 33 days for us to be on track at Gateway last Monday to, to get my rookie evaluation out of the way um, so that we can come to the Speedway. It, it, it was a mad dash, 48 hours, long nights, th- like but 33 days. That's, that's pretty insane, and uh, I'm super excited. I think uh, we'll do really well. He's always had uh, Roy's prepped some really good Indy 500 cars, so I think we're we're going to definitely be strong. I'm fascinated by that because of how quickly and, and late this whole thing came together. I think it's natural for a lot of people say you guys are an underdog. Do you kind of relish that uh, heading into this month, though? Yeah, a, a lot of the challenges that we had was when you look at all the teams that have all the parts already. Everything's already built and prepped. You just plug and and put parts on it. Where we had to literally build everything. From brand new to to where the car is now so it's it's definitely an underdog story we're gonna we're, we're i think we'll, we'll, we'll surprise some people and uh, i mean so much of, of what makes indycar racing is these technical alliances do you guys are you working in hand with anyone heading into this the next couple weeks nope all on our lonesome for this one it's the no, no real technical partnership obviously um being with chevy you're going to get some information from the other other same engine manufacturer teams so it's i don't think we're all, all on our all on our own on an island, but uh, yeah, no. as far as right now, no technical partnership. Working the Indy Lights race here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mark James, you've got a pretty good view of the battle for uh, it's the fifth position, as it looks like Daniel Frost is getting challenged by Alex Peroni. Uh, he has been wearing him out for the past couple of laps, and Devlin DeFrancesco is the interested spectator. He's tucked right in behind him, hoping that they make a mistake and open the door for him, Jay Query. You're not kidding about DeFrancesco because here you have Frost that had all over him Alex Peroni. DeFrancesco said, you know what, that looks like a good battle. Let me get up on it. So Peroni now actually, his bigger concern may be DeFrancesco just behind him. But nobody's able to make up any ground as they work their way through 13. Yeah, the last couple laps, these drivers have been all over each other. Again, it's the battle for fifth, sixth, and then you've got Devlin DeFrancesco who runs in seventh is the interested spectator. Down the front straightaway, Daniel Frost moves down, trying to break the air as they head to turn number one. Both those Carlin cars 
Stars have had problems. Christian Bogle and then Alex Peroni as he had his off trying to regain that spot and just put so much pressure on Daniel Frost. Daniel out broke turn number one. Actually nearly went off the circuit. That gave Alex Peroni that advantage to regain that fifth position. But for Daniel Frost's mistake, that allows Devlin DeFrancesco to close that gap ever so slightly. So now Daniel Frost in sixth. DeFrancesco seventh. Try to close that gap. We could see Peroni thread the needle, if you will, at the exit of turn number one. He climbed back in the throttle in a hurry. DeFrancesco breaks just a little bit later. He's not able to make the move to the high side. So for now, he'll follow him right around through seven, eight, nine, and hope to get him as they come back onto the oval of the south end. Working their way into turn number 10, and Frost is thinking to himself, boy, that car is really bright and objects in the mirror closer than they appear. Talking about DeFrancesco, who closes in very closely into turn number 12. Can't make the move. Frost gets himself a little bit of a rubber band effect coming off of turn number 12. Now the lefty that is 13. DeFrancesco, though, is working him hard through 14. Yeah, the grip and the handling for that uh, car, that red and white machine for the driver from Singapore, starting to go away because he is now being challenged by Devlin DeFrancesco. Down the front stretch, heading to turn one. He broke way late last time by. Let's see how Daniel Frost does this time. Devlin DeFrancesco will look to the inside. Frost does a much better job breaking through turn number one that time. That allows DeFrancesco to keep that about two car length disadvantage at bay. Now Devlin DeFrancesco back into that throttle and will able to close on Daniel Frost. The battle for six. Boy, a great launch for Frost out of turn number six. He will gap himself from Devlin DeFrancesco by six car lengths. Already setting up for the left-hander, which is turn number nine as that threesome, as that battle starts to become a three-car battle again now. They'll set up for the right-hander that is uh, turn number ten. Now back to 11, I should, uh, nine and ten, we should say. Now a short little straightaway as they head back to what is turn two on the oval. Fifth place, Peroni. Then about four car lengths back before you get to Frost running in sixth. And then evenly spaced back to DeFrancesco. Nick, they were running nearly side by side as they entered off of Holman Boulevard, but it starts to sort itself out now in the back end of this track. Yeah, as you mentioned it, Jake, you call it rubber band. I call it according as there's kind of ebbs and flows of this race as we have reached the halfway point. Just crested the halfway point. Linus Lundquist still out front by 2.4 seconds over David Malukas, who has really stretched away from third place running Toby's salary. R.C. Anderson joins us here in the IndyCar radio booth. And uh, R.C., for fa- you, you mentioned how late this thing came together for fans who maybe haven't had a chance to see. Tell us a little about what the car looks like and what folks are, uh, who they should be looking for there on uh, Tuesday when you guys are out for practice. Yeah, obviously we don't have any sponsorship announcements to make at the moment, um, but it's going to be a blue and blue and uh, like a darkish yellow car. Right now it's kind of got that Johnny Lightning scheme to it, um, obviously because of their history with uh, Grand King Shops and everything like that. So it's uh, it's going to be a cool looking car, and um, obviously you can follow us on social media. We have all um, all platforms, so you'll be able to see all the news and updates there. And that would be the best place if uh, companies listening, sponsors that want to get involved and jump on this effort, right? Yeah, definitely. And also we have our website as well, so it's it's uh, it's pretty easy to find. You know, I mean, obviously with the with a name like Top Gun, you're going to have a lot of other search results come up, but hopefully ours just popped up to the top when you put racing after it. Well, it's a cool story, no doubt about it. Uh, brand new team, and again, as we said, if you were looking for an underdog, R.C. Anderson might be the one. Hey, man, wish you a lot of luck. Have a good, safe month, and uh, and best of luck trying to make the Indianapolis 500. Thanks, Nick. All right, good to see R.C. Anderson. And uh, Davey, I mean, it's, it's young guy. It's, again, 
knocking on the door, competing at Indy Lights, getting an opportunity, and uh, that's what we like to see. Well, and, and, and he's going through right now. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy. He's put a lot of effort and work in, and, and you know, I'm really familiar with the team as well. I'm trying to help him out, actually. As a matter of fact, I, I got to meet him at the shop tonight to give him some <laughs> uh, some skids for their cars. So, uh, so anyways, uh, I, I wish him a lot of luck, as, as R.C. said. Uh, it's an uphill battler. They, they have a, a tough road, especially being a single-car effort. But uh, Bill's putting full effort into this program. He's doing all he can to make it happen. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, there's the Cinderella stories. They could be one of them. You've been around long enough. You know, I mean, that's the that's yeah. what makes up the lore of this place. I mean, we saw Kyle Kaiser punch his way in with Absolutely. the coast and knock McLaren out, and you go back further. I mean, that that's the cool thing about this, this Speedway is all know. it takes is four good laps. Yeah, that's right. And you're in. Yeah, that's right, and, and it does take work, and and they do have good people on that in that racing team. There's guys with a lot of experience that can put it all together. Do they have the data? And and like you said, everything's new to them. I mean, fortunately, we were able to help them out. Uh, actually, Harding Racing helped them out a lot on on some of the equipment that they had, and they just but Delara and everybody stepping up, and on obviously Chevrolet to make sure this all happens for these guys. And, and uh, he, uh, I know Bill wants to be here for a long time. This isn't just a one and done for him. He wants to be an Indy car owner. He wants to be in the series full time and, and he's worked uh, he's worked long and hard. Matter of fact, they have a new shop. It's just not finished yet. It won't be finished till the first part of June right here in Speedway. So uh, they have big uh, big hopes. It's uh, it's a great story. Again, it's going to be fun to watch uh, again throughout the month of May as RC tries to punch that car into the Indianapolis 500 to uh, make his first start. Uh, this is the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires. You're listening on Indy Car Radio. I want to thank you no matter how you tuned us in, whether it's on SiriusXM, the TuneIn app, of course, listening on IndyCar.com, the race control page, the IndyCar radio tab. I know lots of outlets, and we appreciate you making the effort. Uh, Nick Yeoman here along with Davey Hamilton. We are working round number five of this 2021 Indy Lights Championship. Four races already in the books. Uh, first two in Barber Motorsports Park, won by Linus Lundquist and David Malukas. Then we went to St. Petersburg, Florida, where Kyle Kirkwood picked up his first win and David Malukas scored the win as well in race number two. It is Linus Lundquist out front right now. And, Davey, it's it's kind of held solid at about 2 to 2.4 seconds. Uh, we know Malukas is strong. We saw it when he made that pass to Toby Sowery. Doesn't look like he's just fast enough to catch Linus Lundquist, but Lundquist certainly not pulling away. Yeah, and, and, and Malukas actually has pulled away from Sowery, which we don't hear all the time. But, anyways, it's a great run by all these guys up front. But, man, when you... We get to Kirkwood on back. That's where the action is going to happen and is happening. And as these tires wear down, uh, there's 11 laps to go. We're almost two-thirds of the way through this event. And and right now, nothing. Lap times are really solid for uh, for Lundquist. Malukas is basically – the first three guys basically have the same exact lap time. So that just tells you they can't gain or lose any on each other. But the rest of the field, man, it's going to be the battle towards the end uh, trying to get on that podium. Lundquist, Malukas, Sowry, Kirkwood, Peroni, the top five. And then it's Frost, DeFrance. Francesco McGinnis, uh, Stingray Rob, and Benjamin Pedersen, the top 10. Antonio Saravalli runs in 11th. Christian Bogle is 12th. Nikita Lastishkin is in the 13th position. And as Lundquist comes back out of the front straightaway, he will cross the line and see just 10 to go here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
Speedway in what has been a dominant performance so far. The lead shrinking just a bit this time by, down to 1.8 seconds. Again, Malukas is fast, but he's going to have to get on his horse with about 10 laps to go if he wants to catch Linus Lundquist and score his third race win of the season. As the field roars by the front straightaway, good opportunity to go back to pit lane and check in once again with Rob Out. Thank you so much, Nick. Linus Lundquist may be new to us here at the Road Dandy, but he's not new to the Global Racing Group team owner, Christian Pedersen. Christian, you guys dominated the FRA season last year. Linus obviously a tremendous talent. Give us your insight into this kid. What makes him so good? I mean, one of the things that makes Linus so good is he's got a what I call a big, big toolbox. You know, his ability to adapt and adjust to almost anything is just phenomenal. And I think he's showing that over and over again. Whether he's on pole or starts further back, he really just adapts to the to the situation and the conditions. And um, I think that's one of the big things that he carries with him. You guys have to be happy coming out of the gate here with a couple of wins already. Your teammates are you're teaming with HMD Motorsports. How have you found your experiences so far on the road? So the road to Indy is just a phenomenal program, and obviously, you know, it's um, honestly it's been a little bit overwhelming, uh, both for Henry and myself. Like when I mean, we partnered up, this is this is what we wanted to see. Um, we, we we wanted to be up front. We want to go for the team championship, and uh, so far it's uh, going well. But it's a long season, so um, yeah. All in all, the interesting thing is you have the inter-team battle as well, right? David versus Linus, uh, HMD on, on David's side, Linus, of course, the GRG side. What do you like about that inter-team battle? The guys seem to get along really well. Well, we really work as one team. Uh, we work in uh, with engineering, with data, and everything as one team. And, uh, you know, fast guys make other fast guys faster. So that's our philosophy. Hey, thanks for the time. All right. Thank you. That's Christian Peterson, guys, the team owner for Global Racing Group, the operation that ran the FRA series last year, melded in with HMD this year. Man, they have come out to a strong start to the season. Nick, you know, you've been called these races for the last number of years. Andretti Autosport's been the juggernaut, but we definitely have a challenger for their position on top of the team stand. Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, we've got some really good teams, and it just seems like every year, Davey, one year it's Hunkos, and then the next year it's Carlin, and then the next year it's Andretti Autosport. And clearly, uh, this partnership with HMD and Global Racing Group, I mean, they've got a couple fast drivers, and I loved what he said there. Pairing those two guys up because we know that fast guys make fast guys fast. That's, that's right. You you know that you always, whenever you get with really good teammates, and that brings the best out of you. If you're with a mediocre teammate and, and you're just trying to keep up doing what they're doing, but you're still mediocre. But when your guys are super fast and it takes you to the next level. And I have to say, Malukas has been faster the last two laps, four tenths of a lap faster two laps ago, a tenth faster a lap ago, and then there's just this last lap, he is same speed. So he cut, he gained a little bit, about a half a second, but now it seemed to even out a little bit with eight to go. It's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard. I think Kirkwood is take care of his tires, which you could do staying uh, or Lundquist could stay out front and take care of his tires. I mean, that's that's an advantage. Michael Young, did uh, I just see Kyle Kirkwood take kind of that interesting uh, escape route through turn number one? We call that doing the Herta. Colton Herta <laughs> did that last year, and indeed Kyle Kirkwood just did that. Didn't lose much ground, and Alex Peroni was far enough back that it won't really uh, have an opportunity to threaten Kyle Kirkwood for that fourth position. Boy, he didn't even try to break. He knew he wasn't going to make that turn. He flew down to the escape route and then rejoined. Probably lost a second or so, but like I had said, he's got such an advantage over Alex Peroni for that uh, fifth position, or that's where Alex runs. That He didn't really lose a lot of ground, and he really wasn't uh, on the rear wing of Toby Sowery at all. So no harm, no foul, and maybe a little practice for later in case he wants to push it even harder next time through. 
Davey, historically, we don't see a lot of cautions in the races on the road course here at Indianapolis in Indy Lights or an Indy car, and it's got to be because of just like down there in turn one. I know the car owners love it. Uh, if you make a small mistake and no one's around you, you usually can get away with it. Yeah, you, some of the, the road courses and street, and especially street courses we go to, there's no room for air. Oh, yeah. These here, guys, next race, these guys are going to be at it. It's Detroit. Detroit, so. yeah. Talk about <laughs> zero room for air. And because walls on both sides, you make one little mistake, you're going to hit something. Just for, for example, that was a prime example. He overshoots turn one, goes right by. There's a, there's access road to get back onto the racetrack on, on the outside of turn two. And majority of the corners have this. We've seen even guys going down into 11, completely miss it. They go across. They, they're in grass. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt them. So very, very forgiving, very safe racetrack, very fast. But that's, that's part of why no yellows. You're exactly right. Nick. Yeah. Kirkwood was uh, trying to run down Toby Sowery for the final step on the podium. And again, that slight bobble will throw away uh, some track position. But as Michael talked about, Alex Peroni, who runs in fifth, not close enough to make an advantage. Peroni only able to get now within three seconds. As again, everything kind of spread out. Front two getting away. Uh, Michael, is that gap between Lundquist or Malukas growing or shrinking at all as they head to turn one with six to go? Visually, it looks like every time they go by, David Malukas closes by a tenth of a second. I've been doing this long enough that I think I'm right, and then the gap continues to grow. So it's hard to judge, but visually, it does look like David Malukas has close that gap with Linus Lundquist. Linus very comfortable with that advantage as he goes through turn six. Now it's David Malukas through turn six. Mark, are you seeing the same thing up there? Yeah, I think uh, quite frankly, uh, Malukas is able to close a little bit in the more technical portions of the course, but it's on those straightaways when they come off of those corners that Lundquist appears uh, poised to start to check out a little bit. And again, on cue through seven, eight, and nine, that gap shrinks a bit, but uh, Jake, it'll probably widen up again in front of you. And as that does so, I think to myself, Michael talks about how he's done this long enough to be able to tell that Linus Lundquist's lead, even though for a split second it looks like Malukas closes in and the turns is not necessarily threatened. And I think, wait a minute, Mark, you and I have done this longer than Michael. So, Michael, thanks for making us feel old. Always appreciate it. But right now, Linus Lundquist working his way onto the main straight there. Yeah, he certainly is. And uh, now, Michael, I, I agree with you. You and I, we, we were talking last night. We both started about the same time. Now I think you might be right to say that Linus Lundquist is stretching that lead out. Yeah, he's really aggressive down in that front straightaway. Really gains a lot of speed, a lot of momentum, and David Malukas is really pushing hard. David lost a little ground right there in turn number two. He got up on the curbing. That allowed Linus Lundquist to stretch, stretch that lead ever so slightly, and Lundquist does such a great job launching out of turns five and six, although David Malukas answers back and has a good launch on his own. Both make a flawless exit on the Holman Bullet and it looks like they're breaking in unison. Problem is, it's a few hundred yards apart. They climb back into it, and again, uh, this late in the run, uh, Jake Query, they appear to have plenty of grip, so clearly they babied those Cooper tires now as they set tail toward you in the south end. Yeah, and especially Linus Lundquist, Mark, one would think, because he wasn't necessarily threatened or put in position to battle early stages of this race. Now, Malukas, who follows behind him, has really separated himself from Toby Sowery, who runs into third, because right now, for example, Lundquist is already back onto the main straight, and Sowery, who is running in the third spot, just now working his way through 13. Yeah, Jake, and that uh, that gap you described on the stopwatch for Lundquist, the race leader, back to Sowery is 7.8 seconds, but Malukas back to Sowery is a solid 5.8. So it is, uh, again, up front, a beatdown by the front two, and uh, David, David Malukas just, I mean,
mean, it's, it'll get down to about 1.8 seconds, and then it's back up to 2.1, 2.2. These two seem about as evenly matched as possible, and yeah. it's simply the fact that Malukas had to work over Sowery for the first five laps. Kind of the difference in, in why I don't think he's able to challenge. Yeah, and Lukas was able to just to pace himself out there. No real challenges. He stays in line. He doesn't have to get out of the line, get any marbles. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. Isn't abusing his tires. And now here, here we go with four to go. And I think he has a little extra in the tank. Just I think he has the best car out there. Obviously started on the poles, led every lap. And when uh, Malukas started gaining on him, he just decided, well, okay, that's close enough, and pulled back out. So right now with a 2.1 second lead coming down uh, here, it's going to be three laps to go this time by. Three to go. Of course, coming up on IndyCar Radio at uh, 4:30 Eastern Time, it'll be IndyCar Knockout Qualifying. Two Davy, uh, two IndyCar practice sessions so far in the books today. Your impressions? What do you expect when we go qualifying later? Today? Well, w- one thing that has not surprised me is how close the car, the field is. I mean, I think we had 23 cars, uh, or maybe 22 cars within a one second uh, of each other. So we, we're used to seeing that. A couple positives, some real positives, I think. Uh, and, and I'm going to go to, towards the back. The field for the first few races, and that is Johnson and Kellett. Both showed a little bit of speed, showed a little bit of confidence and a little, uh, little uh, you know, being a little competitive and in the game, so that's great to see, because those are the only two guys that really haven't been within that that one second or that, that benchmark, and it's good to see those guys find that speed, get some confidence, and, and not easy to do, and so hats off to those guys for finding it. No surprise, the guy's on top. You know, we got Joseph Newgarden that looks good. We, You know, uh, I Montoya. Power, Pagano, those guys yeah, are always, same, always strong. Same guys up top. You know, we, we didn't see a good laugh from Dixon. We haven't seen yeah. a good laugh from Montoya. Struggled a little bit. So Dixon with some problems. So uh, I don't think that's going to last long. See, somebody's slowing down just a, a, yeah. a little bit right there. That's Lastishkin. He was uh, tail end of the field anyways. Looks like he had some issues a, down in uh, in turn number one. But you're right. I mean, that was the big storyline. I thought at the end of practice number two was Scott Dixon sitting on pit lane with some, uh, you know, an apparent clutch issue. And then Juan Montoya. I know he hasn't been in, in one of these cars in a year and a half or since they've added the aero screen, but to see Dixon and Montoya last and next to last after an IndyCar yeah. practice, a little shocking. And, and both those guys did not run the softer compound red tires. They're the only two in the field that didn't, and, and we've seen guys picking up quite a bit of time on those. Uh, Dixon because of mechanical issues, and Montoya because he had, he made a couple mistakes. They went off course a couple times, and those two off courses just messed him up to get in, get the t- red tires on, and get him back out time to cut some laps so he'll he'll find it he'll get it he's a good he's a good driver he hasn't forgot how to do this he just needs to get back in the swing of things again it'll be all these same familiar voices describing indycar qualifying coming up at 4 30 working just a lap and a half to go lena's lundquist jake query roaring around that museum as uh, he is setting up he's going to see the white flag here momentarily got to think at this point david malukas's best shot as he's hoping for a bobble from lena's lundquist but he's going to have to wait it would appear for the final lap if he's expecting it to happen between 10 and 11 because no problems for Lundquist whatsoever. Still very, very clean. Now sets up for that left-handed turn number 13. Very low line for Linus Lundquist, but a low line that comes with no issue. Pole sitters have uh, gone four for four so far this season in Indy Lights. You start out front, and boy, you get that clean air so far. Guys have been able to check out Linus Lundquist.
Lundquist. Michael Young a lap away from making it five for five, looking for his second career win. Well, it looks like we have a nice little inter-squad championship battle unfolding. David Belukas with two wins. Linus Lundquist on his way to potentially get his second today. He won the season opener at Barber Motorsports Park on his way as he makes his way through the switchback of five and six for the final time, trying to get win number two of 2021. You can see from our vantage point atop the pagoda, everything but essentially the main straightaway. And it's fascinating to look out over this 13-car field because one of the things that's striking to me is that the deficit, except for the top two or three, if you go to, from fourth on back, the deficit is about the same all the way through the 14th position, but it's all Linus Lundquist now into the view of Jay Query. On a sun-drenched day, the talent of Linus Lundquist has been illuminated at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course because he has not made a single mistake. Works his way now through turn number 12, sets up for the lefty that is turn number 13. Linus Lundquist trying to win in Indianapolis Help bring him home, Nick Yeoman. 30 perfect laps for the young driver from Sweden out of turn number 14. A lot of fist pumps and cheers from that crew. Across the yard of bricks, Linus Lundquist race, wins race number one of the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Indianapolis, presented by Cooper Tires. They'll go to victory lane for the second time this season. David Malukas finishes second. Toby Sowery comes home third. Kyle Kirkwood will finish fourth. And Alex Peroni rounds out the top five. And tell you what, Davey, a perfect performance for Linus Lundquist. And as uh, I think Michael kind of teased, look at this championship battle. Five races in, and it's now Lundquist with a four-point advantage over David Malukas. Yeah, Clearly, great. these two start to separate. Yeah, and, and teammates, right? So not only as drivers are they doing a great job in these first races, but uh, this team is really has it together, really uh, experienced drivers. I mean, You go down to their team, though, and there are no strange faces, the guys that have been around. There's a lot of great mechanics that I know, and, and working on engineers working on those cars, and, and uh, it's exciting to see what this uh, HMD team and, and, and uh, joining with Globals put together. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. It's not easy to do that. HPD, Global Racing Group, FX Air Guns, Paytrim, Jula, the sponsorships on that car for Linus Lundquist, who uh, again, from Stockholm, Sweden, has moved to Indianapolis and does uh, come over with this global racing group. It's uh, pretty impressive. He won the light scholarship, one of the light scholarships, because there were three this year, uh, by just absolutely dominating the 2020 Formula Regional American Championships, winning 15 of 17 races in that series. And, Davey, those wins came at tracks like <laughs> Mid-Ohio, VIR, Barber, Sing- Sebring, Homestead, Circuit of the Americas. I mean, he's won at, at just about all the top tracks around the country. It's only fitting he comes to Indianapolis and looks pretty comfortable. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, he has a rookie behind his name, but uh, but he has a lot of experience with a lot of these different racetracks, which are going to continue to help him. Uh, I don't think he's been to Detroit. That's going to be their next challenge, right? <laughs> None yeah. of these guys have yeah, been to right? Detroit. That's so, so uh, <laughs> that's going to be interesting, And, and uh, but you know, they, they, he has what it takes, right? And, and, and that's, it's in their DNA. When you're a good racing driver, you're a good racing driver, and if you can be lucky enough to hook up with a a proper team that that gets behind you. It's uh, it's good. Ben Rett, Sean Birmingham, right there. Foggy, all, a lot of guys that uh, have been this, around this game a long time, helping out on this team. A victorious Linus Lundquist has pulled that uh, bright orange and black number 26 on a pit lane. We will hear from him as well as uh, the podium of drivers here momentarily. Want to thank a uh, great job by our turn announcers, Michael Young, Jake Query, and Mark Janes out on the race course. They'll of course uh, be in those position. Mark and I'll swap spots. I'll jump on top. 
of the pagoda as he will handle the anchoring duties for IndyCar qualifying down on pit lane. We're going to hear from those guys momentarily, Rob Howden, Rob Blackman, and Kurt Darling. Uh, of course, all the assistants from the engineering and general managing staff of Chris Pollock, Sam Rumsa, Rick Evans, and Paul Levitt here making everything work here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as we are all so fired up to have the whole crew here at Indy. And the month of May is upon us, and what a way to uh, kick off leading up to the Indianapolis 500 than this Grand Prix weekend. Here's a final look at the results today. Linus Lundquist is your race winner. David Malukas finishes second. Toby Sowery comes home in third. Kyle Kirkwood finishes in fourth. Alex Peroni finishes fifth. Daniel Frost will come home in the sixth position. Devlin DeFrancesco finishes seventh. Robert McGinnis will come home eighth. Uh, Stingray Rob finishes in ninth. Benjamin Pedersen in the tenth position. Eleventh was Antonio Sarabale. Twelfth was Christian Bogle, who did have a spin. And Nikita Lastishkin, who had a couple issues on track early and late, comes home in the 13th position. A look at your championship points. It's Linus Lundquist. After five races, he's your points leader by four points over David Malukas. 18 points back to third place Kyle Kirkwood. 39 points back to uh, Devlin DeFrancesco. Let's hear from some of our competitors. First, we'll check in with Kurt Darling. Yeah, I'm here with Toby Sowery, the third place finisher. Toby, you started in number two, but you drop a spot there, but you still manage a podium. How do you feel? Uh, it's bittersweet, you know. It's a podium in a long time coming, but um, to let both the HMD cars beat us, it's it gives us a task, but it's not great to see. Um, you know, when you both when two team uh, two teammates beat everyone by quite a considerable amount, you've got to figure out what's what's uh, not going on with yourself. But you know, we've had a bounce back from St. Pete, which is the biggest thing. The team have done a great job. Um, we're best of the rest by quite some some amount. So. You know, it's, it's bittersweet. We want to go higher, but to get a podium is good. Toby, you, uh, now you, you're middle of the pack in, in the points, but now does this help your chances of uh, possibly moving up here as the season goes on? Uh, should do. <laughs> should, should carry some momentum forward. Definitely. Thanks, Toby. All right, let's uh, hear from our race winner, Rob Howden. You're standing by with Linus Lundquist, victorious here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, Nick, the HMD Global Racing Group guys coming in. It's hugs all around. Christian Pedersen coming in as well. Nathan Tony, engineer. We'll get a hold of Linus. One more hug here. Linus Lundquist, uh, you come to Indianapolis for the very first time. Here, here's the, there's the Swedish flag coming in, too. Uh, listen, your first race in Indianapolis, and it's a race win. This is one you're going to treasure. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I say, first time being here. I mean, just from the get-go, I think uh, we had really good pace, and the guys gave me a good car. So I just I just tried to do my part. And obviously, a massive thank you to all the all the guys working on, on our team. And to get away with a 1-2, I mean, it's more or less perfect. What does it mean to you coming here? Obviously, I know coming into the season, you wanted to prove yourself, right? You come from a different program. You haven't been in the road, Dindy. I'm here to prove myself. You're doing that right now. You have a four-point lead. What does it mean to you to win here? I mean, everything is momentum, and obviously score as many points as you possibly can, and that is by winning races. So, uh, yeah, obviously we're all here to win, and I think like we saw today, both in quality and even in the race, you know, it is extremely tight. So it's going to be, uh, you know, having the, those, uh, you know, tenth, 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 tenth of a second on your side. Uh, which we had today. Another qualifying tomorrow, another race tomorrow. Can you get any better? 
No, but we can try to repeat what we did today. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you to all my sponsors back home and on the HPD as well for getting me on the grid. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Leaders Lundqvist, guys, another race win your point leader. Let's go over to Rob Blackman. And I'm with David Malukas, a second-place finish for Malukas. David came into the afternoon as the points leader in Indy Lights. He'll take a second-place finish here this afternoon. David, talk to me not only about the run, but your uh, HMD uh, Motorsports teammate, Linus, was awfully good today, too. Yeah, I mean, HMD Global front row lockout. It feels amazing. Uh, I mean, smiles to the team. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's been told, but, you know, with me personally in my car throughout all testing yesterday and even in quality this morning, maybe even that run, too, I, I felt some popping and something not right there. But we've been struggling with mechanical issues, you know, these past two days. And to secure a P2 and showing this pace with not doing any testing, really, when everybody else was, you know, doing laps all day yesterday, I mean, I feel great. I'm, I'm really happy, really ecstatic. Uh, good job to Linus. I mean, I tried gaining something. I was like, you know, I want to give a little bit of a show for everybody, but I was like so close to like 1.8 seconds. You're almost to push the pass, and I'm like, go, go, go. I pushed the car so much, and I ended up blocking the tire. And I was like, guys, uh, I messed up. So <laughs> we, we failed. But uh, other than that, I mean, I'm still really happy. Well, if second place is a failure, not bad at all. David, congratulations. <laughs> we'll see you again tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. All right, great job by uh, Rob Blackman, Rob Howden, and Kurt Darling down there on pit lane. And, again, congratulations to Linus Lundquist. We are not done yet on IndyCar Radio. Coming up, 4.30 Eastern time, Mark Jaynes, Davey Hamilton will guide you through knockout qualifying three rounds to determine the fast six for tomorrow's IndyCar Grand Prix. And then, again, you want to hear some more Indy Lights action, we'll get you started tomorrow morning at 8.55 Eastern time for qualifying race two for Indy Lights tomorrow at 12.35. My name is Nick Gilman for Davey Hamilton and the entire crew. We'll talk to you at 4.30 Eastern time, just 90 minutes from now, for IndyCar qualifying.